Welcome to New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, where we envision to build a biblical community of loving believers, which have a personal relationship with God and each other, modeling the pattern of lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we prepare our hearts and minds to hear and receive the Word of God from the man of God, Senior Pastor Rev. Nathaniel Wood. Dr. Hagin, we live in a world filled with expectations. Husbands have expectations of their wives. Wives have expectations for their husbands. Parents have expectations of their children. And children have expectations of their parents. Employers have expectations of their employees and employees have expectations of their employers. Everywhere you turn, there is an expectation. But, Fred, the trouble with human expectation is that human expectation is often unrealistic. Some of us have created difficulties in the lives of others attached or close to us because we have burdened them with unrealistic expectations. What you talking about, Pastor Wood? All right. Because you almost made it to the NFL. Little Johnny has to make it. Because you were married by the age of 25, our children must be married by then. Some of us put so much pressure on individuals to fulfill what our hope and our dreams offer them that we stifle their own creativity and cause them to give out or give up on life. Listen to me good. I am in no way saying that we should not have high expectations for people. But when your expectations are unrealistic, then you are doing more damage than you're doing good. As Christians, because God planted us in his garden, 
And because God is our owner, he has the right to require or expect certain spiritual fruit from us. I said he has the right to require us to live and act in a certain way. Why, Pastor Wood? Because by giving to us the person of the Holy Spirit to guide, direct, and keep us, we have the inner capacity to live godly and holy lives. We have living within us the power to meet all of God's requirements of us as his children. So, Pastor Wood, what does God require of us? Let us see today what the prophet Micah says concerning the issue of what does God require from us. In Micah chapter 6, Micah tells the nation of Israel that the Lord is holding a divine court session in which he is going to hand down indictments against the nation of Israel for their injustices and their rebellious ways. God tells Micah to act as his attorney in fact and plead his case. Because God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Micah is told in verse 1 to stand up and plead God's case. Not only before the nation of Israel, but also before the mountains. And let the hills hear what he has to say. God tells Micah to plead his case to the everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people and he is bringing a charge against them. And I don't know about you, of all the people that I don't ever want to bring a case against me. I sure don't want God to bring charges against me. God tells Micah to ask his people 
a few simple questions. The simple questions, Fred, were, what have I done to you? How have I wearied or burdened you? Then Micah pleading God's case reminds them of what God had done for them. <laughs> God says through Micah to the nation, I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you. Also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted. And what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Galgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Are y'all following me in the book? After reminding the nation of some of the things that God had done for them, there was no doubt that God had been good to his people. Even though they oftentimes operated in rebellion, God still looked after them. God still protected them. And God still delivered them. The questions, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied or burdened you? Were relevant questions. And the nation could not legitimately on any level respond against God's character. So Micah, as God's mouthpiece to the nation, tells them in verse 8 that God, check this out, he says God has already shown you what he wanted you to do. Micah lets them know that offering sacrifices to God are not enough. Calves and rams offered as burnt offerings were not enough. The offerings of rivers of olive oil were not enough. <laughs> Even the giving of their firstborn as a sacrifice was not enough. Micah says to the nation, and what does the Lord require of you? Micah then identifies three things that God requires 
from his children. Y'all ready for this? First of all, Micah tells the nation that God requires his children to act justly. Somebody say act justly. That means to do the right thing. Y'all remember a couple of years ago, seven years ago, Spike Lee came out with a movie called Do the Right Thing? Listen, Micah already tells the nation of Israel that the Lord has already shown them what is good. There was no excuse for them not to do the right thing. Just like for those of us who claim to be saved and have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, we too cannot make excuses for willfully doing wrong. They never tell your neighbor, no excuses. God, check this out. God expects us to live up to what we already know. To act justly implies that a decision has been made. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 19 to 28 says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. Moses tells the children of Israel that they have to make a decision to act justly. They have to choose to do the right thing. And let me just tell you, those of you who are here and those of you who are watching through the internet or listening by the phone, you have to choose to do the right thing. Anybody in here ever make a decision to do wrong? Oh, come on now, come on now. Let me, let me speak to the honor saints. Any honor saints in here ever 
make a decision to choose to do wrong. To choose not to act justly. How many of us ever said, God, I hope you get him? <laughs> come on, y'all, come on. I want you, God, to take them out, wipe them off the face of the earth. To act justly. I, I may not holler today, but I'm going to teach you something. <laughs> to act justly also requires an ongoing commitment to do the right thing no matter the consequence. Commitment to doing the right thing always disallows for situational ethics. When, when, when one is committed to doing the right thing, he or she will do it no matter what someone thinks, no matter what someone wants, no matter what someone says, no matter what someone does. He or she will do the right thing even if it means persecution. Okay. You're dwelling on the point too long, Pastor. Uh, let, let, let's find what else God requires us to do. He says, you are required to love mercy. Somebody say love mercy. The second thing that God expects of his children is that we love mercy. The Hebrew word that Micah uses here is translated and used variously as mercy, tender mercies, Loving kindness and steadfast love. Notice with me that the requirement here in this verse is not, check this out, God doesn't say, I require you to have mercy. But God says, Love mercy. And the only way that we can love mercy is through the love of Christ, which is given to us by his Holy Spirit. When you and I love mercy, we understand that God expects us to demonstrate toward others the same kind of love that we want for ourselves. The Bible teaches us to love our 
our neighbor as we love ourselves. And when we love mercy, we understand that God expects us to extend the same forgiveness toward others that we want for ourselves. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, somebody say but, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I, I, I don't know about you, but I thank God for divine and human mercy. Divine mercy is shown to us each and every morning that we wake up. The psalmist says, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, our Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, and thy compassions, they fail not. Thou who has been and forever will be Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. Anybody in here have new mercies? <laughs> Thank God for divine mercy. But Dr. Hagee, I also thank God for human mercy. What you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about when we have wronged somebody, yet they forgive you and no longer hold the trespass against you. I thank God for divine and human mercy. Well, as I as well, I'm already seated. I was getting ready to say, as I go to my seat, I'm already sitting. Uh, <laughs> what does God require of us? This is the last one. He says to walk humbly with your God. Check this out. Check this out. To walk humbly with your God implies that both parties, you and God, are going in the same direction. You and I will never learn to walk with God until we know which way he is going. And guess what? 
God does not change his course to follow us. We change our course to match his course. You know what I discovered in 62 years? That my steps lead downward. But his steps lead upward. And I discovered that I must humble myself and allow God to lead me. To walk humbly with our God implies that both parties have to be going at the same pace. In order for us to walk humbly with our God, we must match his pace. What you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we are never to walk or run ahead of him. Nor should we fall way behind him. We must keep in step with God. And finally, to walk humbly with our God implies that both parties must be moving under the same power. Oh, Lord. Since God is operating under spiritual power, the only way for you and I to walk humbly with him is to operate under the same power. And I'm glad that before Jesus left the confines of earth that he told his disciples that I must go away but I'm not going to leave you comfortless I'm not going to leave you powerless I'm going to send the comforter who is the Holy Spirit and you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth in other words my power and my presence will be with you and you will be able to walk with me and the Father. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Holy Spirit keeps me in step with God. The Holy Spirit directs my path so I stick with God 
the Holy Spirit. Teaches me that I have to walk with God daily. But I gotta humble myself. Somebody say humble. Gotta walk humbly with our God. What are we supposed to do? What does God require of us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Come on, stand to your feet all over the We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.